present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight, because the blood of Jesus is on the mercy seat in heaven. Did you know that? So when you mess up, when you do something that you think is like, oh, my God, I'm going to hell. You know, I mean, people think that way. You're not going to hell. <laughs> he sees you through the perfect blood of Jesus. He, did, he sent Jesus to hell to defeat the devil. Destroy the works of the evil one. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. Remember, we did a play over at, uh, you know, 110 Thorn Avenue, and that was it. That and he, you know, like and 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 the way that they they made it was they showed all these different scenarios. Len Mink was actually there. Len, <laughs> Len's in heaven with Kathy now. Oh, that is uh, on surreal to me that they're both gone. Yeah. They died. They both died. She, ha I don't even know what what happened to her. And Len, he had something going on in his body, and you know. Mm -hmm. Something, I'll tell you, he was, he was in bad shape when she went home. But anyway, <laughs> they're not in bad shape now. They're together again. And it's funny reading all the things, you know, from the obituary and that a lot of people saying they're together again. Like, it's almost like there's no sadness. Everyone is like, you know, it's almost like, we're going to be there soon. You just got an earlier flight, right? <laughs> they're home. Praise the Lord. But anyway, he, he was, he told us afterwards and, and, uh, Michael Glasgow, you know, him and Carolyn, she was the little demon running around trying to get him to commit suicide in the room. Remember? Well, that's Lynn's testimony. We didn't know that. That's Lynn's testimony. Him and Kathy were together. I mean, it was just when they, he wasn't saved. And she she got saved, and then, I don't know, they split up and went, and she found him and got caught him just in time. Had the gun ready and everything. And, but I mean, that God would bring them there at that point in time, and that was the scenario, right? I mean, I, we didn't know anything about it. But anyway, for this purpose, I think that was the name of the play, they called it, was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. See, the devil has been destroyed. I mean, he's still on the earth. You know, he's still around, the prince and power of the air. But we've, we've, been, we've been redeemed from the curse of the devil, of the law. The lust of the eyes, what gets you in trouble? The lust of the eyes, the lust of the ears, and the pride of life. Looking at other people, like, oh, you know. <laughs> judgment. Judgment has come out of that. Race, racial problems, government problems, everywhere around the world right now, you don't know who's what. <laughs> 
It's the truth, you know. But you know what? I am so happy that I have the peace of God. A long time ago, I mean, even like when COVID was around and all this stuff was going on and people were fighting in the church, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, don't tell me we're not wearing a mask. Well, they should be wearing a mask. You know, I mean, this was crazy. It was like the schoolyard because it was motivated by fear, right? And what is the only thing that will cast out fear? Perfect love. What's perfect love? Oh, pardon me? God's love, that he already shed his love in, into our hearts. See, God knew we couldn't do it with our own love, <laughs> our human love. Human love, <laughs> not worth anything. Well, I mean, you know, it has its perks, but I mean, it's not, <laughs> it doesn't get you out of a mess. Doesn't chase the devil off, that's for sure. But the love of God, ooh, the love of God. Just say it, the love of God. Because God, oh my goodness, is love. He is love. He is love. Say it with me. God is love. Do you believe it? Yes. <laughs> Do you believe it? Yes. You believe it, Gary? I believe it. You believe it. You believe it, Joey? <laughs> I listened to Mark Hankins today. <laughs> Oh, anybody know Mark Hankins? Oh, my gosh. He's the funniest man on earth. But, you know, he'd speak so much truth about the blood of Jesus. He's learned so much. His mother, when she was alive, knew kids. And, I mean, you know, the, him and his brother, they were bad. They were bad. Anyways, um, I should be looking at the time, I guess. <laughs> They were, they were, you know, normal teenagers, right? Back in the 80s, 70s, whenever that was. I can't remember that far back. <laughs> How long ago was that? Anyways, you know, like she said, his mother used to sling the blood of Jesus. She'd sling it. I plead the blood, I plead the blood, I plead the blood on everything. Bring home a girl from school with a short skirt, and then, you know, and, and, and I plead the blood on that, and I plead the blood on you doing this, and la da 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 da. And anyway, so Mark ended up, must have worked, because he went to Bible school, but now he went to kind of a religious Bible school that didn't agree with all the things, the word of faith and all that. Anyway, when he came home this one time and he said, Mom, he said, I got to talk to you <laughs> about your theology, <laughs> the blood of Jesus. He said, you know, it's nowhere in the Bible that it says you plead the blood. And anyway, so mm, she said, mm, so you don't think I, I'm right? And uh, he said, no. He said, well, she said, well, you, you're, go you're going to Bible school and your brother's going to Bible school. I think it was working pretty good. <laughs> so I'm going to continue to plead the blood of Jesus. 
But that's the whole purpose. That's the whole reason we are here. The blood. Say the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Oh, my gosh. Jesus took it himself up into the Holy of Holies and put it on the mercy seat. Because that was their sin. See, so when, when God, God looks at you, he sees you as the redeemed of the Lord. The redeemed of the Lord. So you don't get into condemnation. You don't get into, you know, feeling sorry for yourself or, you know, putting yourself down. You don't get into that because you are made in the image and likeness of God. Say, I'm made in the image and likeness of God. So you've got to keep saying that to yourself. Well, I know you probably do because I know you, but not everybody does. That's why I'm up here preaching today to those out there, people, you know. There's lots of people out there that are listening who don't even come to church. They don't even know who God is. They don't know anything about the love of God, that God is love, and that all he wants to do is to help you and love you. You know, I mean, you've got to have somebody to love. You do. And you know, sometimes, sometimes people are not, don't seem to be worthy. You don't feel like, okay, well, I did this, this, and this for them. They haven't even said thank you. I mean, like, you know, what is that? There's no love in that, right? But so you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to think about what you're supposed to get back from it. It's unconditional. Say unconditional. Unconditional love. If the whole world had that going on today, huh? If the whole world could see who God is. I mean, not only do we have eternal life, but we have this place. And I know I've been feeling it. I don't know about you, but I just feel very protected. You know, like I don't listen to the news. I don't even listen to the prophets. I'm sorry, but I don't. (laughs) Because I know in my heart of hearts what's going to be happening. I know that God is going to do what he said he would do. He's pouring out his spirit on all flesh. And it's not going to require... I mean, uh, you know, don't get mad at me for saying this, but the love of God is going to overtake people just like it overtook you when you got saved. I noticed a difference when I got saved. Did you? And it didn't take any Bible verses or anything. It was just it was the love of God, you know? I mean, I remember going, I was in Calgary at the time, and I was in the airport, and it was probably saved about a week. And I was looking at all of the people, and, I, and I'm like, I, I, I couldn't look at them anymore because all I could see that they were, that we were going to hell, you know? Like that was my, uh, you know, somehow, you know, we've got to reach these people. Right? To let them know that God loves them and that there's a way out. Because <laughs> if God touched the whole world like he touched you on that day when you said yes to Jesus, 
But now since then, that wonderful feeling that you had, it doesn't take very much to come across your path, circumstances or whatever, you know, to, to make you feel like, where's God? You know? See, there it is. It's in a thought. It's in a thought. A thought. And then, and then you know, where the Bible says, take no thought saying. So don't say those negative things that come to your mind and those things that upset you and, you know, like that everything that can go wrong is going to go wrong. No, everything that is wrong is going to work right. It's going to work together for good. Don't know how it's going to do it. Doesn't look like it's going to do it. Favor with God. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's just a, a miraculous thing. It's a miraculous thing, like a baby being born. You know, if you've seen babies being born, it's, it's, it's like, what? I mean, the first time I saw a baby born, I wasn't even saved. And I said, that is a miracle. <laughs> that is a miracle. I was a nurse. <laughs> I'd seen them in pictures, but I had never actually been in, you know, in the delivery room. I mean. <laughs> so, you know, th that's the thing. God wants people to know. So when you see people and they're messing up and they're doing things against you and they're saying things against you, don't get on that bandwagon. Don't get on that bandwagon. I mean, I'm not saying you got to go up and, you know, hug them and kiss them and love them like that. But, I mean, don't get on the thing of talking about those people and saying this is what they've done and this is what they're doing. And then it's so easy. It's so easy this day and age to, to do that because there's so many people out there that are against Christians, against Christians. The devil doesn't like you. He hates you, as a matter of fact. He knows you when you die, you're going to go to heaven, but he doesn't want you to take anyone with you, right? Especially those family members that are, you know, <laughs> always on you. But, you know, God is good all the time. And that's our message. That's what we have to do. We just have to get it out and let the love of God rule us. Get the love of God, let it rule us. And be very conscious, God-conscious, God-inside-minded. You know, Jesus took our sin and gave us his righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in him. That's a pretty big banner to wear. Really, the righteousness of Christ not your righteousness that you think you need to earn. So you don't have to earn that righteousness. That righteousness, the fruit of that righteousness just comes when you have the revelation of the righteousness that you have through Jesus. It's Jesus' righteousness. See, we, can't, we couldn't do this in our own righteousness. That's self-righteousness. Dirty rags, God calls that. Self-righteousness. And you can get all puffed up with pride and everything because, oh, yeah, I do this and I, I'm a tither and I go to church every Sunday and, you know, give big offerings and stuff. See, that's not it. 
when that comes from you, if that's your take on yourself, no, you do that because that's the fruit of the righteousness of God. God gave his only son to save all of you. That righteousness, right? That righteousness. That's right. And, you know, you can't. And, you know, so check yourself. What's your motive? What's your motive of coming to church? Is it, you know, is it because you love God? Is it because you want to see your friends? Well, that's good. That's good. What? Starving. Starving? Yeah, that's why I come to church. You're starving for the love of God? Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because the love that we give to one another, that's the love of God. See? We can't always, we can't, oh, God, you know. <laughs> but, you know, when we give offerings, when we worship and do the praise and worship, see, that's all giving. That's all giving to God. And all that giving, when we're giving together, that's unity. That's coming together as one, one heart, one mind. And that's where God wants the body of Christ, the body, the body of his son. You're the body of Jesus. I mean, what a privilege we have to be of the body of Jesus. I remember the kids in Sunday school when we were over in 110, they had them had a big picture of Jesus and all the, they had all the kids write their names on that picture of Jesus. What an image that would give them, right? You know, I'm, I'm in Jesus. I'm in there. I'm in his body. Now, maybe you were all more spiritual than me, but I, when I thought of the body of Christ, I wasn't thinking of the body of Jesus as the head, you know, and that we're the body. I wasn't thinking that way. I, wasn't, I guess I just wasn't in that place yet. But when I started to think about the body of Christ and that I was part of that body all over the world and we are to, to come together as one. You think about Sunday mornings when I'm here worshiping God and maybe Thursday nights not as much, but Sundays especially, you know, all over the world, people are coming together to worship God. I mean, maybe their worship is not as, you know, exactly like ours, but, you know, it, it's, it's coming together with that wanting just to love on God, right? It's not just something you do on Sunday. No. I mean, I went to church as a kid. I love church. I loved singing the songs, even though they were old hymns and loved dressing up and going to church, you know, till I was about 15. And then it was like, I don't see anybody my age. <laughs> I went through the whole gamut of, you know, catechism classes and, you know, commute, commute, getting commune, what do you call it? Confirmed. <laughs> confirmed. I was confirmed. What was I confirmed, though? Who knows? I didn't know. But after I got saved, all that came back to me. Even when I started reading the old prayer book that I used to go to church and read and pray with, I was like, whoever wrote this knew God. These prayers and all these verses and putting them together. And I mean, everything, everything was very religious because it was, you know, they were just reciting what was there. But once I got saved and I started to, oh, my goodness, you know, this is all true. 
reading the Apostles' Creed. I mean, it was the whole thing right there. Right? And how many times did I say that? <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The Apostles' yeah. Creed? How many ever read the Apostles' oh, yeah. Creed? You know, huh? You know. But that was religion, see? Back then, that was religion. But it was a basis for me to spring from, right? Yeah. To say, all of that I knew was true. All of that was true. Behave yourselves here now. It's Pastor Paul and Pastor Gary. <laughs> They're cutting up here on the front row. <laughs> You're enjoying his presence, I know. Oh, I got to get my licks in somehow. You're always talking about me when I'm down there. <laughs> no. These two men, precious people. Called of God. Called of God. No, will you think about it, you know? Like this row hasn't been easy to hoe. <laughs> We didn't have the modern equipment, I guess. I don't know. But you know what? It's good. We are here. He has been so faithful. That's what you have to get down in your spirit, that God is faithful. He wants you to succeed. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.